Hello. What's up, guys? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Music Maniacs for Sight After Dark. Woohoo! We are Sight After Dark. I'm Dan Berg. I'm Sifa Graffiti. If you don't know, we're a band out of Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. and all we want to talk about all the time is music. Yep. So that's why we started this podcast to talk about the best musicians, their stories, and all that good stuff. Yeah. And today, oh, we're yeah. talking about an absolute legend uh-huh. of music. Uh-huh. An icon, a reggae icon. One of, if not the most famous artist to ever come from the island of Jamaica. Yep, a third world superstar. Some would say the first superstar from the third world. Yes, correct. And if you don't know who we're talking about by now, mm-hmm. we are talking about Robert. Nesta. Marley. Hey. So our boy Bob uh-huh. was born on February 6th, yes. 1945. Yeah, they say that, but there's like evidence of him also being born on April 6th and there's no actual birth certificate. I think he was born in 1912. Uh-huh. Who is he? Who is he? Nobody will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> so he was born in Nine Mile, Jamaica, Yeah, like a small, small town and like the north side of the island, right? Yeah, in St. Anne. He's born like right in the country. It's pretty much like center in the country and in um 2009 the population was 300 wow yes okay <laughs> so the population doubled when bob was born <laughs> exactly <laughs> he his mom was a jamaican woman mm-hmm. and his dad was an englishman yeah who was part of like the royal navy or some shit right yeah and then he was hired to uh, oversee like the colonial plantation that was still in jamaica at that time mm-hmm. so he was working there up there in the countryside Yes. So that is how Bob came to be conceived. Uh-huh. And he was born in like a, like I said, like a small town. Mm-hmm. And he lived there until he was like 11 or 12. Right. Before they moved to Kingston. Yeah. Yeah. They moved down into the big city. The big city. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Specifically Trenchtown. Yes. In Kingston. Yeah. Which is more like a poverty stricken part of the city. Mm-hmm. And they call it Trenchtown. Hmm. Because there's a big trench there. <laughs> lots of trenches, lots of, <laughs> lots of towns. Uh-huh. And um, this, it's, it was a really interesting place because there was, like like you had mentioned, it was kind of a poverty-stricken place. It was more or less the ghetto, right? Yeah. Um, and people were basically in these compressed areas where there's a lot of people and not a lot of space. Yeah. And one thing that people were able to do in these places to kind of escape the areas that they were in was to play music play music yep and bob was like a big music person before he had even moved to kingston he was Mm -hmm. interested in music well first he was a palm reader but he decided to retire from palm reading i think at the tender age of like five or six it wasn't as lucrative as music not and i wonder why (laughs) but um yeah so he really got into music and then he wanted to move the trench down i don't know i think his mom was down there already and he went to meet his mom down there yeah yeah and his mom was um with a man who was the father of another artist named bunny whaler mm-hmm. and bob and bunny grew up together pretty much in the same house they had the same like they shared the same bed like they were kids yeah. together yeah and so there was a lot of things going on musically at the time mm-hmm. so when it come to when it came to like jamaican music the bigger thing was like ska yep right and it was ska is very fast paced yeah more up tempo Yes. More like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably bring a guitar down and like say the chords. That'd be um, cool. 
So, well, I want to, well, there's so many things going on right now musically because, mm -hmm. so they were also getting influenced by American artists. Yes. Yeah. You had like the Sam mm -hmm. Cooke kind of style, mm -hmm. like, you know, um, uh, Wilson Pickett kind of style as well. And Jamaican music was more on the rock steady ska vibe. And then when that kind of popular um, American music really starting to get, started to get more worldwide, they were like, well, we can kind of do that too. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really interesting because they the things that really stood out to them and that were popular to them were like the the R and B groups of the day, like mm -hmm. the vocal groups, yes. like all the harmony, like the Temptations, the yeah. Miracles, like things like that. Right. So when they originally got together, like Bob and Bunny Whaler and eventually Peter Tosh, mm -hmm. when they came together, they weren't even playing instruments at first. They right. were a vocal group. They were vocalists. Yeah. Yep. In the same style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They realized that you know, um, it's so funny because they call themselves a lot of. Uh, names before they called themselves the whalers mm -hmm. uh, they were like the teenagers and then it was like the whaling whalers mm -hmm. but their sound is it does have like a whaling sound to it mm -hmm. and bob's um lead vocals had that like really crazy whale and bunny and peter's background vocals really supported that really well and they noticed that too like they had like a a signature sound when yeah. all the three of them made their music together yeah and you'll see at this time if, if you look at pictures of them from this time they clearly were trying to be like one of those groups like yes. they're wearing the suits yes you know they had the short hair yes you know what i mean like it was like clearly like oh we want to be like a motown group almost uh -huh. Uh -huh. but <laughs> motown south <laughs> you know what i mean um so yeah, so I mean, they were just they were just had a lot of time to really like delve deep into the music, mm -hmm. and and Bob, Peter, and Bunny were always super into the music, mm -hmm. and this is the thing. This, so this is when they started to really develop their own sound. Yeah, is because they started to kind of change the more popular ska sound mm -hmm. and kind of slow it down a little bit. Yeah, slowing it down more with more of a, like a heavy uh, bass line groove to it. And they sought out a producer that would kind of, let's say, enhance their sound mm -hmm. and make it more solidified and make it actually a product as opposed to, you know, them just singing out and playing. Right. And just singing out on the streets, basically. Exactly. And that producer was Coxone Dodd. Shout out. <laughs> but I want to take this opportunity now to make an example of like the difference between ska and reggae. Of yes. Just like the beat. So basically, so ska is a lot faster, a lot like dancier. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's something you would hear more in like a dance club kind okay. of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so hold on. I'm trying to get the mic so you can. Can you hear that? Yeah. So a ska would be like. Simmer down. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It would be, it's, it's a lot faster. It's a lot higher BPMs. Mm -hmm. But with the, um, with the reggae, it. Kinky reggae now. Mm-hmm. So, and then with that, it really gives the bass a lot more room to grow yeah and a lot more room to like thrive in the song mm -hmm. because you're slowing it down and there's so much more space in between the notes yeah that you can really get the bass going to, instead of the fast do 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 like whatever it's like do 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 you know in between the different like guitar chords and the rhythms yeah and it really the bass i has always been to me like the signature sound of reggae me too me too and it also because they were such um uh, good vocalists it the bass the heavy bass and the sustained bass 
always allows your vocals to breathe more. You mm. can do so much more with that. You can just hold notes. You can make them float up and down because the bass is so dug deep into the rhythm mm -hmm. that you as a vocalist with the higher um, sound, the higher chords, tones, and stuff like that can just go all over the um, scale with it. Right, that's definitely true. As opposed to if you have more higher instruments, like, again, and Ska had a lot more horns, too. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot more of a higher register. So you, when you have a bunch of instruments on the high part, you kind of have to fight almost to, like, yes. get your space. Yep. But with the reggae, with the, with the slow down, it's more a little more stripped down. Mm -hmm. So it, it gives you more opportunity for, you know, a whale mm -hmm. to just, like, soar over the music. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really when they started to develop their super signature sound mm -hmm. and when they became a little more popular yeah and i think their first i believe it was their first single simmer down mm -hmm. became like number one in jamaica yeah yeah that's so, a good one i mean even still now to this day it's a good cool party song to listen to yes absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. so they're they're like making their music and they're working with coxo and dodd but um uh they kind of felt like the sound wasn't really solidified and they wanted to do more like they wanted to get bigger so they brought in lee scratch perry who's more like you know he's more eclectic you mm -hmm. know even if you watch him making his music um he is he's an artist as well as a producer definitely you know so he um lightened up the whaler's sound it was more you know it, it had like a deeper a deeper tone to it mm -hmm. and more of like a serious tone to it but uh scratch had a way of making uh bob sound a little bit more happy mm -hmm. and the, the song sounded more festive even though some of them were like serious songs mm -hmm. you could play them at a party so they had a really good uh connection with uh scratch perry yes producer extraordinary yeah yeah yeah, yes. yeah. even his pictures is like <laughs> yeah, and he, he the sound that um that he produces is very distinctive as well. Yeah, it's like just soaked with reverb, mm -hmm. soaked with delay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know, it's a song that he produced when yeah. you hear it. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I'm thinking of like his other artists that he worked with. So they were other big artists at the time, of course, like Toots and the Toots, Maytals that yeah. we know. You know what I'm saying? And like you know, Burning Spear, of course, that everybody knows too as well. So you know, they got with Scratch, and they're just they want to get bigger than Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So let's 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 go on the road with them. Let's see how far they go. And there's some other things going on with them at this point as well, kind of like uh, religiously, mm -hmm. right? So when they first started, they were like Christians. Mm -hmm. They were like going to church and like singing in church and stuff. Yeah, I think Bob was Catholic. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't what he was going to be for his entire life. No. <laughs> so around this time, because Selassie came to Jamaica, right? Yeah, he came. It's so interesting. He came the same year Bob married Rita Marley. So while Bob was in Kingston, you know, he met a young woman named Rita Marley. They started becoming friends. They ended up getting married. And then Bob heads to Delaware. His mom goes to Delaware mm -hmm. to find work. And Bob heads there. And somewhere at around that time, his marriage and stuff, he starts contemplating like the Rastafarian religion. And that right. same year, 1966, um, Haile Selassie, uh, Emperor of Ethiopia, comes to Jamaica to visit. Mm -hmm. And everybody fanned the F out. <laughs> yeah, everybody was fanning on him. Um, because, yeah, I mean, he was he was the emperor of Ethiopia back when um, Italy invaded them, and he was really, like, the head of, like, the resistance. Yeah. Basically. So, I mean, he became really a symbol of, like, um, the resistance of Africa versus Europe, really. Yeah, I believe one of the only countries that did not, like, fall under, like, a whole big colonial rule. So he mm -hmm. definitely was, like, a symbol for the continent. 
Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then when he came, when he came to Jamaica, it was like it was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Like Peter was just crowds and crowds, like waiting for him. Yeah. And that really sparked the um, the flame, if you will, mm-hmm. of Rastafarianism in Jamaica. Yeah. Because they really saw him as as a prophet, if not like the second coming of Jesus. No. Yeah, they did see him as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is interesting. But yeah, they did. I mean, many people worship him, and they actually saw him as God. I believe even Bob did see him as like God like, mm-hmm. on Earth. Mm-hmm. which is interesting it's very interesting and another thing associated with that is a certain plant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has a lot of names mm-hmm. we'll just call it cannabis for now we'll uh-huh. go with the scientific name <laughs> which i think also probably affected the sound of the music yeah because if you're here if you're listening to scots it's very fast paced it's really energetic it's really you know and then you maybe you smoke a joint and you're making music you might be a little, you know what I mean? You might be You're slowed like, wait, down a little bit. Let's bring this down a little bit to a groove. You know, so I'm not saying that's the only reason that reggae ended up getting that slower sound, but I do think that has something to do with it. Absolutely. I think so, too. Yeah, 100%. It's all mixed in. Like, yeah. I mean, even like with reggae music, I mean, it's very uh, heavily dominated by the Rastafarian culture, mm-hmm. but you have a lot of Jamaicans. Jamaica is a very conservative country, believe it or not. You mm-hmm. will get thrown in jail for smoking weed in public in Jamaica. Jamaica and you cannot have like dreads in your hair and work in like a bank or anything like that yeah. in Jamaica. Very conservative country. But even the conservative Jamaicans do find a, a kind of like kinship with the music and they'll yell out songs that are talking about Ja and Rastafari and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's not their religion like at all. But yeah, I think it's all encompassing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so yeah, like we were saying, so around this time, Bob got married. And then he actually he left for the United States three days after he got married. <laughs> Peace. He's like, okay, this was a great wedding. I'm gonna go hang out with my mom and get some work. I think he was working in like a Chrysler factory yeah. in Delaware. He was on his honeymoon. What? By himself. Of course, of course. Where where's the best place to have a honeymoon? Yeah. Delaware, Delaware. by the Chrysler factory. Of course, in the Chry- in the Chrysler factory. <laughs> exactly. They have a great banquet hall. Exactly. Yeah, so so he was in the U.S. for a while, and again, he's just soaking up more music. He's mm-hmm. soaking up more music, and eventually, he he goes back to Jamaica. He's back with the Whalers, mm-hmm. and they're just starting to get. They're getting more and more successful. Yeah, they're becoming one of the biggest music acts in Jamaica. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. And it gets to the thing like you were saying before. Like they kind of got to a point where like, okay, well, I th- I think we're gonna be bigger than Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So they actually went to London. Yes, they did. And had a meeting with a record exec at Island Records, mm-hmm. which I think it's funny that they were at Island Records. I know. I <laughs> you know. know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't, I don't remember the name of the exec. I really probably should have looked that up. Chris Blackwell. Chris Blackwell. Mm-hmm. He believed in them. Yeah. And at this time, Jamaican music or reggae was Jamaican music. Yeah. Like people outside of Jamaica didn't even really know about reggae that much right because in the caribbean in the english-speaking caribbean the biggest music is calypso mm-hmm. you know so you think about like trinidad and barbados guyana they're playing calypso at this time they're not really maybe a tiny bit of ska and of course the um the flow over from the american r&b artists is mm-hmm. definitely in the rest of the english-speaking caribbean but yes reggae is jamaican at this point yes yeah so they were signed to Island Records, and it was really a huge gamble for them at the time. Because mm-hmm. you're talking about a British label signing a Jamaican reggae band when nobody really knew Jamaica outside of, or nobody knew reggae outside of their area. Yeah. 
Um, so people were saying to him, like, you shouldn't sign them. They're going to take the money. You're never going to get a record out of that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and they kind of had a bad reputation, Bob and the Whalers. They were rude boys. So they were, you know what I'm saying? They were on the yes. streets. They were kind of um, rough around the edges. They weren't, like, super sophisticated and stuff like that. So, you know, you know, it, it may have been a tiny bit true. Like, you know, they, they could possibly say, I'm taking this money to feed my kids, feed myself. Like, yeah, you know? and I think maybe we should talk about, like, the what the whole rude boy thing for a yeah. while because it's really became like um like the ghetto youth yeah right and yeah. like a rude boy of like you're you're really just struggling to get by and right maybe you have to commit some kind of crimes you got to do some things um and it's funny because a lot of people were saying that rastafarianism actually became like an alternative to the rude boy lifestyle yeah because it became more spiritual and less you know violent and things yeah, like that definitely and i feel like bob was a good um face for that because what they what I find that a lot of um, people that know him and other artists say the difference between him and all the other people in Kingston was that he lived in the country for so long mm-hmm. and I have been up to the country in Jamaica and that this was like 97 98 and um, I could say that yes it probably was only a couple hundred people in that area right. it's very serene very quiet and like it gets really dark and stuff like that and Bob knew the difference between the country and the city so he was able to put that in the music Mm -hmm. and that kind of made him a commercial rude boy in a way right so in a way you would say maybe he he had more experience with humanity than if he was just in the city just in the ghetto exactly right exactly and and that is a cool thing when you do have more of a relationship with humanity nature and stuff like that that can take you to so many so many different parts of the world Mm -hmm. as opposed to if you're like just a city person right it's hard to like expand it's hard to expand your mind in a way because you have so many things readily available for you in the city. Right. You know, you don't have to go through social mannerisms, getting to know, feeling out vibes and stuff like that. You just get it in the city. Right. And I think that those experiences probably had a lot to do with why Bob and his music were so relatable to so many people around mm-hmm. the world because mm-hmm. he was able to see the urban side of things, but also the rural side of things at the same time mm-hmm. and just seeing all these different kinds of people and all the different lifestyles that they were living. I think so too. So Island Records signed them. Yeah. He gave them 4,000 pounds. 4,000. And I loved his idea of them because he saw them as like a rock band. Mm-hmm. He said he wanted to sell them as a black rock band, which was interesting to me, but it's it's rock, Chris. But and he's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, do you know rock music history? But um, he and I see them as a rock band. And I've always kind of said this when we talk about music and stuff. What is that sound that a lot of 70s artists have mm-hmm. and like how my dad said it's probably like the engineering in the studio yeah and i feel like this is definitely a connection here with the english recording and like jamaican artists and stuff like that because coming up as a musician like bob marley was like my first led zeppelin it was mm. like i went through stages like when i was really little like i really loved marvin Gaye, and i was like i gotta hear every song that he's made yeah and then with bob marley when i was younger that's what happened i was like i need to hear every single album every single song and then when i got to my teenage years it was zeppelin and i was like i need to hear every single thing that they make and they all have like kind of like a continuous like connection right to them even like their artwork in in a way like with zeppelin and and, and the whalers and Bob Marley and the Whalers. Mm-hmm. Something about the different albums, something about it is all like the same. And it's interesting that Blackwell said that he wanted to market them as a rock band because they, yeah. they are that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that is basically what they ended up doing. So the marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they 
did, they did make the record mm-hmm. and he says something really cool he's like so i flew down to jamaica and i heard the record and i've been in studios and i know how much money it costs to make something and i could tell that they put all that four thousand pounds into that record nice and so then he was like okay i'm gonna start marketing them as a rock group basically mm-hmm. right he's gonna do all the all the things that the rock groups are doing and yeah. they're he's gonna put them on the shows that the rock groups are playing yeah and all that kind of shit and it worked yeah everybody saw them and was just like wow this is great yeah <laughs> this yeah. is great music yeah. and it's, that's it is what it is it is what it is i heard that they went on a um they opened for sly and the family stone and they got fired because they were making more of a sound than <laughs> the headliner <laughs> they were like hell no get these whalers out of here yeah yeah and around that time so now now they're starting to get more famous outside of jamaica obviously because mm-hmm. their their music is being released on a wider scale yeah um, the first album they released with them was called Catching Fire, right? Yeah, Catch a Fire. That's Catch a, a Fire, one. sorry. Yeah. Um, Catching Fire is a uh, Hunger Games book. <laughs> <laughs> Close read, enough. Read it while you listen to Catch a Fire. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, and then another thing that happened around this time. So there's a person that we don't like to talk about too much on this podcast called <laughs> Eric Clapton, who did a cover yeah. of one of their songs, I Shot the Sheriff. And that also made reggae and really Bob and the Whalers a lot more famous by itself. Yes, because that went number one. Yes, so Mm -hmm. that was a huge song. Mm -hmm. So then they're already more known from that. And now they're actually putting out the album that they already are being a little more known. So this album, it becomes huge. Yeah. Right? And everywhere around the world, they're starting to become known now. Yeah, I love that album. I love the the cover art of the album because Bob's afro is getting bigger and you can tell it's getting on its way to dreads. Yeah. So you see them through different stages like of their like spiritual development and yeah. also their musical development by just looking at the artwork so that's cool yeah and that is something that's really interesting like i, I always see i can always just look at his hair and know what era it is <laughs> you know what i mean because it's like once he went once he went into rastafarianism he was like he didn't cut his hair no so it's like you could see like before he had the short hair and then you could just see it slowly growing growing and growing all the way up until you know the last images that we have of him yeah um but yeah, anyway, so so they're getting bigger and bigger. And at this point, I don't know exactly why this came about, but Blackwell was kind of like, I think you're kind of the guy. Well, with right? more money and more fame comes uh, sobriety. No, but also, <laughs> you know, people are fighting for whatever. Everybody's becoming a name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's Peter Tosh from the Whalers. That's right. Bunny That's Whaler. Bunny from Whaler. So then it's like, okay, well, Bunny doesn't like to leave Jamaica at all. Right. Peter sometimes wants to go, sometimes doesn't. Right, you know? right, right, right. And just by knowing the Caribbean attitude, it's very chill. You know what I'm saying? So if it's not today, it really is not today. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. So that's, I think that's what was happening. You know, money has to be made and you got people that are moody. They don't feel like coming. You know, they think they're bigger than, than it. You know right. what I'm saying? And right. it is bigger than you at this point. And that's why Chris was like, okay, well, we're going to have to do something about this. Yeah, if you're trying to arrange a tour and two-thirds of the band are kind of wishy-washy about when they want to leave and when they want to stay, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to schedule a tour. Yes. So at this point, it goes from the Whalers uh-huh. to Bob Marley and the Whalers. Right, because then a Whaler could be anybody. So Peter could show up if he wants, Right. but Paul can too. Like, you know. <laughs> but Bob's there the whole time. The whole 
time. No matter what. <laughs> and it's clearly, he's clearly becoming a superstar at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not really something, it doesn't seem like he ever really wanted to be a superstar like that. Like his message was always kind of the same, mm-hmm. even when he got super rich. Yeah. And they were talking, saying stories like once he got money, like he would buy a BMW which he said, it's perfect. It's because it's Bob Marley and the Whalers, yeah, BMW. That is pretty but perfect. then he would still, he would drive around. He would just like not even lock his doors. He'd be in Kingston, just leave the windows open, like no big deal. <laughs> like yeah. he was just doing all the same shit. He just had a little more money now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool guy. So he's, <laughs> cool guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's getting more known. He's getting more famous. And he's becoming more of a figurehead of Jamaica, mm-hmm. like as the country. I mean, he's starting to go places where he's going to New Zealand and they're giving him like a state welcome. Like he's yeah. a head of state or some shit. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They're getting to the point where they can't even do regular shows. They have to have stadium sized shows now. Like mm-hmm. that's their only booking when they're leaving Jamaica. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But if you listen to the music, it's not crazy. <laughs> right right yeah Bob Marley's music is like he says so many things that you're kind of thinking of and then he says so many things that you never thought of or you never really contemplated on mm-hmm. and I think that's just like the beauty of his lyrics like you know right you know? right he's like I will get and he tells a great story like uh, like say catch a fire I think that's burning and looting on it and that's a good example of reggae music because that's like and he's like I woke up in a curfew I was a prisoner he was like I couldn't recognize the faces standing before me like it's just like you're just like and then and then right like you know you're just hanging on all of his words I think he's just such a great lyricist I did hear that a lot of the Rastas up in the mountains gave him some of his lyrics to put down on paper with a combination of psalms from the bible which you can't go wrong with a psalm yeah yeah like you know and it's just like such beauty in his writing style that of course he was getting bigger like Mm -hmm. of course yeah he was doing things like that he the song war is literally he took the words of selassie from a speech that he made at the un and he turned that into a song so he's he's really expanding like the songwriting that he's in um he's he is a, he's this great lyricist, great storyteller, and then his voice is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's funny, it, it, it like seeing the live performances, it's like he has so much energy. Mm-hmm. Like it's so interesting because the music, when you hear, you know, a reggae song, you're not, you probably might not be jumping up and down at in your home listening to it. Yeah. But you watch Bob on stage, he was jumping all over the place. Yeah. He was screaming, he was wailing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like the energy that he put into it was amazing. Yeah, I love his um moving style too because he kind of like watching him move around on stage gave me the feel like that I can move rhythmlessly. Like, you know, mm. and not in a bad way. You know, he's kind of like arching his back and he's falling. He's like not falling, but you know, he like stands and he stands for a while and then he moves for another. Like right. he's not necessarily moving to the beat like a crooner yeah. or anything. Like he's just moving and he's like catching different parts of the music and it's like that that kind of like helped me like free up myself like as a person on stage or somebody to move around like I don't have to just stick to the beat I could just like be me like right right I think that's cool I love to watch him on stage because he's not a big guy Mm -mm. you know you just get to see him move all over the place and it's just awesome with all of that energy yes Mm -hmm. yes um so yeah so he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger across the entire world and now he's become a figurehead of Jamaica yeah and Jamaica was going through a rough time. Yes. At this period, mm-hmm. there was a lot of political violence. There was a lot of people get well. There was violence all the time, but not a lot of political violence. Yeah. A lot of people being murdered based on their views. People just getting shot dead in the street. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, Bob's not happy about that. He right. wants there to be peace and love in yeah. the world, and especially in his own country. Yeah. Um. 
so he start. I don't even want to say that he gets involved with politics. It's more like politics gets involved with him. Yeah, I would say that the the politicians kind of used him in a way because mm-hmm. his music is like, you know, you're talking about kind of like the Bruce Springsteen of like, you know, you know, in terms of like speaking for the working class, you mm-hmm. know, singing out songs about issues that people that are that have less money go through. So they're kind of like using his music to spearhead their party's movement you know what i'm saying whether right. it's like the jamaican liber the jlp i don't know exactly how to say it but it's the jlp and the pnp it's like the people's party and the jamaican liberation party and the jlp is more like um they thought they were more like on the communist side in a way mm-hmm. and um the pnp is more like on the socialist side and they felt like that side was like going towards like castro and stuff so there was like a lot of like uproar and they felt like the music if we can get a face for the music right we can use him to socially program the people yeah absolutely and because he had already created such a following so many people followed him even there might have been more people into him and following him than some of these parties right so if so some of these politicians are looking at him like oh well if we get him on our side Mm -hmm. then we're winning yeah you know what i mean yeah so there was almost he almost got thrown into it yeah and kind of sucked into it into a way yeah i think so too and he want he always wanted to make a concert where for the people to come together Mm -hmm. but it got a little delayed yeah yeah some people wanted to do it then they didn't want to do it then they wanted to have it at a certain venue then not at a certain venue and then it got canceled and then it got reinstated and then i think bob's manager said something slick to somebody (laughs) said something he probably shouldn't have said (laughs) yeah and then also one day (laughs) bob's at his house he's hanging out Mm -hmm. and We'll say a squad of assassins tried to get him. Yeah. And shot him. Yeah. Right? Yep. And that is also not a good thing to happen if you're trying to have a concert. Exactly. Exactly. So he gets shot. People are going crazy. They shot our prophet. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah. He said something. uh, His manager said something crazy like... um you know don't send your errand boy or something i don't know he said something wrong to somebody and then they crept up in his house and they shot them up he wasn't the bob wasn't the only one that was shot i think somebody else was bob's shot. manager also got shot like yeah. four times yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. you know loose lips <laughs> <laughs> they were saying um that he literally just happened to be walking into the kitchen when the shots fired and he just like walked like right by where they were shooting yeah. and he like there's pictures of you know bob but covered in blood mm-hmm. and it was actually mostly his manager's blood yeah because he got in the the <laughs> arm so watch the interview guys tell us where apparently it grazed his chest <laughs> mm-hmm. and went into his arm yeah yeah um and after that for good reason he moved out of jamaica for two years mm-hmm. he went to london mm-hmm. so that's another reason why the concert is not going to happen if your main guy is not there yeah 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 yeah, yeah so I can't blame him for wanting to move after that. No, 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 no. Because you can easily get caught out of there in Jamaica. It gets so dark at night. You know, they don't, it's not like a big city where you have a bunch of streetlights. And it's just like somebody can be five feet away from you and you will not see them mm. at all. So, yeah, no. So after living in, for, in London for two years, he goes back to Jamaica and he does do the concert. Yep. He does do the, the One Love Peace concert. Mm-hmm. And the highlight of that concert was that he got the, the two competing politicians on stage to shake hands Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and that's that's a good moment yeah that's a good moment 
But, you know, it's unfortunate that he had to literally get shot for those things to happen. Right. But, you know, the world isn't a perfect place. It is not. And that was a crazy concert. Like, watching the footage from that concert, like, I'm talking about him dancing around. He does, like, some, like, crazy dance move and, like, lightning struck at, like, at the same time. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa. He was in touch with the nature. I guess so. Or Thor. Who I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to Thor. <laughs> <laughs> he likes reggae. We appreciate you, Thor. <laughs> don't think you go unnoticed, okay? <laughs> but yeah, so so after that, so now, again, they're huge superstars. Mm-hmm. He's a huge superstar. He's touring all over the world now. Mm-hmm. He's, he's getting, making the babies. He's touring. He's got the women. He's they, doing his thing. He's right? making lots of babies. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, he's just getting bigger and bigger. I mean, like you said, like at this point, the only venues that they can play are football stadiums. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, before that, apparently he had been offered to tour with some other bigger band. It was Toots open for the Stones. Yeah. And then Bob was asked to open for... Oh, fuck. Why am I blanking on it? I don't know. Some some other big band, but they, he decided not to. And instead of doing like 60,000 feet arenas back then, or 60,000 person arenas back then, he was doing like the smaller, you know, 500, 600 person amphitheaters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that kind of allowed his following for him to get bigger. Yeah. Not like, oh yeah, I love the Stones. Oh yeah, and their opener was cool. Right. It's like, no, like we're going here for Bob. Yeah, smart move. Very smart move. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just getting bigger and bigger. And at this point, you can he's only able to play stadiums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after p- touring... You know, he played. He's playing shows in Africa. He's playing shows in Zimbabwe. He's going to New Zealand, Australia, Europe. Yeah. They get a U.S. tour ready for him. Yeah. And nobody knew that this was going to be his last tour. No. At the time. Yeah, and apparently he had been sick already. Mm-hmm. You know, but he had been sick for more than a year. But nobody knew that, mm-hmm. like at all. And then he got diagnosed with a sort of a melanoma. Yes, it was like a form of cancer that started on his foot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There used to be an urban legend that he got it, like, playing soccer. Like, he kicked the ball or whatever. But we we have debunked this. Yeah. No, he had that for a while. What and... kind of soccer ball was that? <laughs> it's, it's the cancerous one. It's a pesticide soccer ball. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so so he was diagnosed with cancer um, as this tour was going on. Mm-hmm. And it spread pretty quickly because... Due to his religious beliefs, he he was not into Western medicine. Western medicine, I mean, that's part of that's part of Babylon. That's part of the colonialism. That's part of everything he's fighting against, really. Right, yeah. So he's not gonna go get go to a hospital and get cancer treatments. Yeah. So the the cancer was able to spread pretty rapidly, mm-hmm. and he the last show that he played was in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He was on his way to go back to Jamaica. Because he, I mean, I think he knew he was going to die at this point. Yeah. He was on his way to go back to Jamaica, but he had to make a pit stop in Miami mm-hmm. and ended up dying in Miami instead. Yeah, he passed away there, which is, you know, a good place to die. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't be mad at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just sad. It's it's sad the way the way that it all happened. I feel like like when, I, when you hear the story, it's like maybe, you know, he was sick before... It, you know, he realized what it was and before other people really realized what it was. Yeah. But when you hear about it, it just sounds like it, it just seems like it happened so fast. Yeah. It was just like, and, and, and them too, like the whole Bob Marley and the Whalers moment. It feel like it was like it happened and then it didn't happen. It's kind of like Zeppelin. Like it happened in like late 60s and it ended like right around like 1980. It was like, that's it. It's over. 
Yeah. Like, you know, it's like interesting. But yeah, um he he got really, really sick and he didn't like the the Western medicine. It's like in hindsight you're like, Oh man. But you drove a BMW. <laughs> Just get the <True>. chemo. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, that's the point. Like, if it's like rapid like that, where it's going to go through your whole body, I don't think like teas and herbs are necessarily going to take it away. I feel like if it's an organ, you can kind of target that with like um, holistic medicine. But mm. if it's like going through the whole system, it's like, oh, man, like that's a tough one to call. But I mean, Bob left a, a, an amazing legacy and not just um, Bob, like the whalers themselves you have like the female backup like the i3s who's mm-hmm. rita marley judy mowett and uh, marcia griffiths who were three artists of their own i don't know what big song judy mowett has i was supposed to look it up and find it but i know marcia griffiths is the electric slide that's her big one and of course um rita marley is like i want to get high Mm-hmm. so high that one's her big one too mm-hmm. and uh, Bunny Whaler's his own artist Peter, Peter Tosh, Tosh was his own artist Legalize as well it. exactly everyone is crying out for peace mm-hmm. none is crying out for justice that's a good line when I first heard that I was like whoa yeah he's like I don't want no peace yeah <laughs> I need equal rights and justice good lines he's um Peter Tosh wasn't my favorite singer yeah but Lyrically, he's got some really good good gems on his album. One hundred percent, and he definitely was the most aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of yeah, the three of them. I yeah, think. Yeah, 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 because he died violently right after. It was some type of argument with him and his girlfriend. I think his girlfriend got him in trouble, but um, and then he ended up uh, getting uh, shot too and passing away like really like almost right after um, Bob passed away. I think it was like two years, but. It's crazy how quickly like the the whalers came and went but they've got so many albums mm-hmm. and such a legacy even like bob's kids as well it's like you know yeah so many of bob's kids have gone on to become musicians as uh-huh, well uh-huh. and it's just like it is crazy it's really just like a moment in time you know that just lasts really forever yeah and then i mean even after he died they put out the compilation album legend mm-hmm. right which mm-hmm. became the biggest selling reggae album ever yeah you know, yeah. and it's not just the music because the things that he was spreading, like it not only was it kind of Jamaican culture and Rastafarianism worldwide, but like people didn't really know Jamaica like that in a lot of places around the world. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying, he was like the first third world superstar, right? Um, and like that music wasn't really known outside of that area, mm-hmm. and because of mostly because of bob but obviously the whole whalers the everybody everybody involved with it i mean the people that signed him all this stuff it just became it became a global phenomenon yes more so than you know uh, anything specifically caribbean right you know it's true it's really really true i mean how many um knit hats with dreads at the bottom of them do you see all over the world like you know it is it is a big thing and you know reggae music does bring people together Mm -hmm. which is another beautiful beautiful thing i i think i like that i mean not just because of the music but you know socially like you know what i mean you can just forget about certain things when you're all at that reggae concert (laughs) you know yeah and i think that's a beautiful thing that like when you think about bob marley like you do think about the music but you also think about his message Mm -hmm. and you think about what he represented Mm -hmm. and just the culture that he was able to spread because it's like yeah if, if it wasn't for bob marley like there was I don't know, like, I just, like, everything would be different as far as, like, I think even people's perceptions of Jamaica. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And I don't know, it's just so crazy that like one person that's a musician can really have that kind of impact on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely had like an inner like connection with like the whole world. Even like he made uh, political songs for like Zimbabwe and mm-hmm. their like liberation. They became independent. He made a right. whole big, big song about that. And he was an advocate for their independence as well. It's just like, it's just very, very um, wonderful to know that we had an artist like that in mm-hmm in time i think oh, speaking of time i think time magazine called him the biggest artist of the second half of the 20th century mm. which is crazy take that frank sinatra no I'm <laughs> take that billy holiday <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is crazy it is crazy and it's just i don't know it's just it's just one of those things like i always think of bob marley and i just think of like good vibes me too you know what i mean i just think of like people coming together Mm -hmm. um happiness Mm -hmm. peace you know what i mean at least that's what he always wanted to spread yeah with his message and i feel like he really did do it Mm -hmm. you know so i think that's a beautiful thing yeah and then unfortunately people you know co-op messages and and make it commercial and shit after i mean now you got bob marley rolling papers people are selling you got bob marley branded like everything yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and you know obviously that that has nothing to do with him but it's like i it's sad how sometimes things can get co-opted like that because he seems so pure in his message the whole time yeah you know yeah 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 um i i would hope that the family's in y'all i hope y'all got in on some of this marketing (laughs) you know what i mean and these things like i would hope so because he did have so many children you know what i'm seeing and they do shorty can't eat no books can't eat no records they do have to make money so i would hope that a lot of that marketing went into not only like the musical legacy but also the actual physical legacy like the the people that are still here after him shout out to junior gong i feel like damian marley is his dad like he Mm. has the same his voice has the same impact or similar impact that his dad had on me so Mm. i feel i feel like ziggy his first son did his own thing and that's a cool thing like that's the type of junior that you kind of want where it's like okay this guy's bob marley's son he wasn't named after bob marley right but he's got his own lane which is more like a which was more like a pop reggae kind of vibe you know and i thought that was cool you know to see that like he wasn't trying to be his dad Mm -hmm. you know that was awesome because his dad was coming in junior gong (laughs) (laughs) but he's got other songs i mean other sons that make music i think it's kimani marley steven marley as well steven marley makes music and i think um i think rowan was like a football player or something like that i think that is lauren hill's um husband or kid's father oh shit yeah 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 um and then also i didn't i just remember this like so not only was he taking care of his kids but i mean he literally brought like industry to jamaica like he was opening like record plants and you know um recording studios and he was employing like thousands of people like thousands of people are having their livelihood better yeah because of him yeah you know yeah and i think that's a beautiful thing it is a beautiful thing and what's crazy um there's some like dance hall artists that say this um they say that Bob Marley's death pretty much started dancehall music. Interesting. Because they felt like when Bob Marley died, like it's like the peace was over. And, you know, dancehall music is more like rap. You know, it's got mm-hmm. a lot of gun lyrics, a lot of vulgar lyrics and stuff like that. Gang gang promotion and stuff like that. Right. And like artists like Bounty Killer, like, you know, <laughs> that, you know, that's 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 what it, that's where the dancehall was born. The like the death of Bob Marley. So sound off in the comments. Let me know if you agree with that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I guess maybe like when he was around, it would almost feel 
disrespectful to be doing shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. then after he's gone, it's just like, all right, well, we're, we're doing our own shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, possibly. Hmm. That is really interesting. Yeah. Wow, I never thought about that. But, yeah, I mean, Bob is an absolute legend. Mm-hmm. His music will live on forever. He oh, will yeah. live on forever. Oh, yeah. And it's been a great time talking about him. Yeah. We hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. Thanks for being here. Uh-huh. If you're still here, we appreciate you. If you want to support, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash musicmaniacs to help us keep doing this, to make more episodes and more content for you guys. And until then, that's about it. Peace, guys. Side After Dark, out. <laughs> <laughs>